Earning a degree from UCF Online doesn't mean you have to live far away. In fact, in a national survey, three out of four online students said they live within 100 miles of their college. Regardless of where you are or where you want to go, UCF Online offers the in-demand degrees and student support you need to succeed. No wonder U.S. News & World Report ranks UCF among the nation's top 15 online programs for undergrads. Learn more at ucf.edu online. From the University of Central Florida's Center for Distributed Learning, I'm Kelvin Thompson. And I'm Tom Cavanaugh. And you are listening to TopCast, the teaching online podcast. Hey, Tom. Hey, Kelvin. It's a fine podcast. Yeah, it's, I'm, I think I'm subscribed. <laughs> Pretty sure I am too. It's one of my regular <laughs> monthly listens. Yeah. Although I do listen on the non statistified uh, non-datafied uh, link that we have. Really? I, uh, I'm one of the downloads that you track. Thanks a lot. Yeah. But how many times you listen to it? That's probably good to know. <laughs> Just once. <laughs> okay, that's good. Because I, I feel much better about our listenership now. I, uh, yeah, really. Yeah, I, I'm responsible um, for, for any increase we may have had. No. Um, I mean, I really listen to it just to see how stupid I sound, right? <laughs> just to see, okay, what did we say? Um, and uh, generally, I'm relieved. Generally. Generally, yeah. Yeah. I've had that experience. You go, oh, man, that, oh, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Right, I thought that was <laughs> terrible. Of course, we have people screaming into the radio or headphones now, like, yeah, that one was pretty terrible. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. You could, All right. You could write us, dear listener. <laughs> Let us know what you like okay. and don't like. Topcast at ucf.edu. All right, I heard the dulcet gurgles. The dulcet gurgles, my of... favorite band. <laughs> dulcet gurgles. Uh, yeah, they've got a Christmas album coming out. <laughs> Um, of uh, some brown liquid. It smells quite aromatic. It's coffee. It is coffee. <laughs> I'm being a little euphemistic. But uh, so, Kelvin, uh, what do we have in the thermos today? Well, unusually, Tom, while I brewed today's coffee, I did not choose it. What? Who you, chose? I you, chose You it. chose today's <laughs> coffee. So how about you tell us about it, and how about you make the coffee connection? I will. And I'll Thank judge you. <laughs> Thank you for brewing, because uh, if I had done it, it would have been some viscous, you know, sludge that uh, would have not. I'd have drank, I, I would have drank that probably. So let me let me uh, take you on a, a short journey mm -hmm. uh, out west oh. to the great state of Colorado. Colorado. Earlier this year, I had uh, the uh, opportunity to do a, a keynote talk at the University of Colorado online. Um, uh, conference yeah, okay. that uh, that they do annually out there. Um, it was a great event. I really enjoyed my my day out there. Um, it was um, the the Denver and Anschutz Medical Campus uh, community mm -hmm. that got together and we we're talking about online learning. It was uh, our old friend Courtney Borton. Courtney's been on Topcast Top before. Courtney has been on Topcast and has was previously the director of uh, marketing for UCF Online, mm -hmm. who is now at. Um, the uh, University of Colorado, and um, she and um, and her uh, colleague, uh, Scott Chadwick, who's Vice Chancellor for Enterprise Development, um, had invited me to come out there. And uh, they treated me really well. Mm -hmm. it, was an, it was a great event, great discussion, uh, a lot of good questions uh, after my talk. Um, but they they were so generous, they, uh, they gave me some coffee. Uh, so uh, as a kind of parting gift, 
And um, one of them I thought would be appropriate for today's topic. Huh, do tell. It is um, Huckleberry Roasters. And on the side of the bag, it says Huck. Huck. So I kept thinking of Mark Twain when yeah. I looked at it. But Huckleberry Finn. It's called Red Eyes Blend. Hmm. And it's described as balanced and well-rounded. Mm-hmm. But here's the part that I thought might be thematically appropriate uh, I'm, in I'm, true Thompsonian fashion. I'm, I'm, I'm ready now. All right. So it, it, this is the uh, description on the side of the bag of and coffee. And a two from the German judge. <laughs> Life can be tricky. Mm-hmm. On those days, coffee shouldn't add complexity. Mm-hmm. It should make the day easier. Red Eye is our blend from when your coffee needs to be simple. No fuss and delicious. That's Each what, week. That's what I shoot for. I, I shoot for being simple, no fuss and delicious that's every right. day. Each week, our hand roaster selects a variety of coffees from around the world and blends them into a taste great straight up or with milk. Which makes you happy. It does, because I've already got mine with my milk powder in it. Mm-hmm. So, how's the coffee? Yep, yep. Um, I think if I poured that in my eyes, they'd be red. Um, but <laughs> but it tastes just fine. It yeah. tastes just fine. I think it's very very nice. Yet another blend making an appearance on top. Yeah, that's true. How is it with the with the proof? Yes. So it is it is great with milk. Yes. There you go. <laughs> and I assume great without. Yes. Um, so do you get the connection to today's? Episode? I do uh, get the connection. I have to give you uh, more than a two from the German judge. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's a, that's at least a fair to Midland uh, 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 coffee connection. No, it's not. It's better than that. Uh, I'm entirely adequate. That's <laughs> that's what I shoot for every day. Uh, because you said that uh, coffee shouldn't add complexity; it should make the day easier, and that does seem uh, roughly in alignment to our theme today. Of uh, we have this mantra around here at UCF. Uh, in our online and blended uh, and related digital learning course design work, we say keep it simple starting. And you've said before, uh, add complexity as expertise builds. So mm-hmm. you start simple and then you then you then you ramp it up from there. So yeah, why why add undue complexity? Yeah, that That's makes right. sense. I I'll give you let's see, on a scale of one to ten I'll give you a solid seven and a half on that. Maybe even eight. I'll take the B. <laughs> I'll take the 80% B. Uh, that's good. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we're going to talk about um, the importance of, uh, of, of starting simply when you're doing something new in online and technology-based learning. So if you take this quote from the bag of coffee mm-hmm. – um, and we replace coffee needs with online learning needs. Ooh. It's our blend for when your online learning needs need to be simple, no fuss, and, and delicious. delicious. Yeah. Oh, and delicious. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Um, so you've been here longer than I have. Yep. And so this KISS acronym yep. predates my uh, tenure at UCF. And I've been here for almost 11 years. Yeah. It started with um, now retired Professor Steve Lytle, um, who was a frequent uh, guest, we refer to him as a web veteran faculty member who would come into our faculty preparation program uh, here at UCF, and uh, he would share his wisdom. And again and again and again, he had boiled down this little um, this little principle. He said, "My advice to all of you as you start out is keep it simple starting." And you know that that really kind of resonated with, um, with the faculty colleagues in the room, and and it just kind of took root in our lore and in our general practice as instructional designers or, 
working with faculty and as they come through our pipeline of faculty preparation. So it is something to which we aspire in our work. And uh, you suggested, hey, maybe that's a, a good a good topic. We should we should expound upon what keep it simple starting looks like. Yeah, and you know if you think about um, online learning, especially in those early days of online learning, mm-hmm. it probably can seem to the uninitiated kind of overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And it's like, where do I even begin? I don't even know what to do. I don't know how to start. And by by saying, well, don't worry about all of that. Let's just worry about this piece. We're going to mm-hmm. do this module, or we're going to do this assignment, mm-hmm. or we're going to just kind of, you know do a, uh, an outline of your course, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever you know, way you need in, um, but not to overcomplicate it and, mm-hmm. um, and kind of, as they say, bite the apple, you know, or eat the apple one bite at a time. Yeah. And I would say that today's episode on this topic is probably particularly relevant uh, to the everyday design needs of instructors and instructional designers. Sometimes we try to be real strategic and we, we talk about kind of leaderly, you know, kind of things. And and that's good for all of us from time to time. But I think there's a lot of practical, everyday uh, advice to be found in this episode. And I I would say this Keep It Simple starting is relevant today, uh, just as relevant as it was in the the old days, maybe just relevant in different ways, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. So I I know you've jotted down a few kind of practical tips. You Mm want to maybe talk about a couple of those? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. Uh, I thought maybe the first, you could debate whether these top two bullets should be one and two or two and one. But I thought maybe the first thing I would say is don't try to employ all at once every possible so-called best practice or every possible online tool or every idea that your colleague suggests. Well, you know what I do is, and you're writing down the list, and don't try to you know, drop the whole cord of firewood on the fire all at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh man, I saw this cool widget. I want to put Twitter in and I want Piazza yeah, and I right. want, you know, put all the, these uh, YouTube videos in there. And, and so it's like, woo, let's just kind of take them one at a time and see what you really need. And then, um, you know, I've, I've described the same situation with adaptive learning. Yep. Not to sort of jump ahead, but I know yeah. that was one of the things we had talked about. Yeah. And in adaptive learning, it's it's very similar to kind of, I think, the early days of online, mm-hmm. traditional, or what we call traditional mm-hmm. online learning now. Isn't that ironic? Mm-hmm. Um, where it it's a paradigm shift for faculty. And you got to think of your course in an entirely different way. And um, we're, we're actually counseling faculty to start with one module. Yeah. And don't um, overthink what you're trying to do. Kind of get the main, uh, th- the main points into the course in an effective way. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I've described it as a coral reef. <laughs> mm-hmm. So over time, more interesting things can grow on that coral reef mm-hmm. and make it more colorful and bring mm-hmm. a broader you know, variety of colorful fish mm-hmm. <laughs> to come live mm-hmm. in your coral mm-hmm. reef. But you need that substrate, that foundation mm-hmm. to begin mm-hmm. with that's solid before you can start adding all of the color and variety and you know enhancements. Yeah, I think that's good. And I, I think um, that does sort of tease out a difference between the the early days of online, traditional online, and, and the modern days. We have a lot more to choose from now yeah. in online tools, like you said, Twitter and Piazza and whatever. There's a, the, the, the early days of traditional online are like the, to, the today of adaptive learning, and you're just trying to get your head around what this is. Yeah. There's definitional kind of thing. So there, there are different kinds of complexities that are that you're at risk of... Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, employing. Yeah. So your second one is sort of, I think, a, a maybe a, 
a corollary to what I just said. Yeah. Maybe a better way of saying it, where it's, it's just focus on the essentials of good course design. It's mm-hmm. that it's that foundation that you mm-hmm. need mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. in order to build um, kind of the creative, yeah. um, you know, <laughs> flair that you want to add to the course to just make it more visually or um, engaging, more visually interesting or more engaging. Yeah, and like I said, you could you could kind of debate whether which of those should be higher priority, right? You know, do you do you just focus in on um, good course design, or do you just slow your roll first and go, wait a second, yeah. I'm just first not going to be overwhelmed. I'm right. just going to pick something. Um, but I would also say you, you probably, you don't want to do something just trivial. Yes. And say, okay, I'm keeping it simple. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, I put one video in, in my, <laughs> so like, okay, but I don't think that's going to move the needle um, and really, really make a difference. So you yeah. kind of have to find that sweet spot. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, and uh, if we have a little time at the end, we'll talk about what, what keep it simple starting doesn't mean. There's probably <laughs> abuses. You could go to the dark side yeah, of that. Yeah, so maybe that's an example of yeah, that. Yeah, like uh, I, I'm going to do as little as possible. <laughs> that's not the kind of simple we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure. But I, I like the um, the next one as well, which is simple in a different kind of, kind of way, simple of not simplistic, but simplifying in, a, in an elegant sort of way, and that is ensure clarity in expectations and logistical instructions, right? Uh, I sometimes advise folks in our field, faculty and instructional designers, be clear about the what, not necessarily about the how, because some folks worry that you're dumbing things down if you try to be explicit with students. Well, be clear about the what, Yeah what you're expecting, uh, the how, that's, there's, there's appropriate problematizing, right? Like, I'm not going to answer it all for you. You figure out the, the how, you know, you, you do the hard work, but you shouldn't be guessing where you have to find your assignments, nor, yeah. nor should you uh, have to be guessing of like, I don't even know what this assignment is. Yeah. Yeah. I always kind of describe it as where do you want your student your students to be spending their intellectual energy. Yes. And if it's figuring out how to access the first module. That's a problem. That's a problem. <laughs> it should be on, you know, actually engaging with the material, um, not trying to navigate your course. Mm-hmm. I agree. A little, a little academic confusion over wrestling with ideas and application. Well, that's a good part of the learning process. Sure. Confusion over... <laughs> Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> what do I click? Yeah, that's probably not a good that's, one. That's not, that's not good. The next one you have, I, I actually like and I use a lot, um, which is the, the distant student litmus test. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, would a student on the other side of the world understand and be able to complete what I've designed? Yeah. And, and that's also come up with me when I've talked to faculty about like even lecture capture because mm-hmm. it's really easy to privilege the students that are right in front of you in the room. Yep. And you always have to remind them, look, there are students out there in the world watching you. Um, so you have to remember to engage with them as well. Yeah, I, I just got kind of a flashback to 50s television and like, you know, eat all your food because I'm going to ship it into a plate to somebody around the world. But that that's a whole different kind of around the world. Yeah. Story. So really, you know, design for the, I'm not going to say least common denominator because that sounds almost pejorative. Right. But so that everyone can get started and understand. Yeah, I think online onlineness right and and it's challenging um i think too tom because many of our institutions not all i'm sure but many uh we do have some students who are taking fully online courses who do live nearby in the geographic area 
That is true. Um, we know it, that for a fact. <laughs> we do. Uh, we, certainly a case here at, at, at UCF, um, the great majority, in fact, live within driving distance. Now, they might be taking fully online courses because they're time shifting. They've got yeah. life obligations that, that make kind of the traditional hours of the university uh, time prohibitive for them. So, but it's, I had a conversation with a faculty member just this week where I think it, it behooves us to consider that students are choosing to take fully online courses for reasons. Right. And, and they're legitimate reasons to them. And we have to respect that. You can't get in the way of those reasons. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, you want to talk about the next one? Sure. I think this was your suggestion. Um, adopt a universal design for learning kind of orientation, UDL principles. That is, will all students, regardless of their ability or disability, be able to access and complete all the materials? Yeah, and you might ask yourself, well, how does that, what does that have to do with keeping it simple? I, the way I kind of uh, come at that is that it's a lot easier to design um, accessible materials from the beginning. Mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to retrofit them later, which can be really complicated and expensive. Yep. So, you know, if you're going to be adding a, I don't know, here's a real simple example. If you're going to be adding a, a, a picture to your course, mm-hmm. a graphic of some sort, um, adding the alt text at the time you do it for accessibility purposes, is, it's, it takes you an extra five seconds, right? Yep. Um, but if you had to go back and find all your graphics and go into HTML tags or even find the, you know, the text field, after the fact, it would be this huge pain to do it through your whole course, to find all those things. So uh, keeping it simple not only makes it easier for you to do it at that time when you're creating it, but it makes it easier uh, for the students to consume it, especially those that, um, that might need an accommodation. Yeah, I think that's good, and including things like um, uh, media, video, and audio that need transcription. Yep. Um, you know, to actually work from a script up front, if it's something you're uh, producing originally, that simplifies everything, right? Yeah. Um, the or, next one is, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, or um, our colleague Eric Main at our UCF Faculty Center for Teaching and Learning, you know, offers this sage advice. I try to just choose stuff that's already captioned. <laughs> <laughs> if you can, yeah. <laughs> that right. doesn't always work. No. Um, so I was going to say that the, the next one, I think, is, is very similar to the UDL yeah, um, I agree. idea, which is to to pursue a mobile-first approach. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to design your course, if you're going to write content in your course, um, try to do it in a way uh, that allows students to consume it in multiple platforms. Yep. Um, so the ex- an example I remember uh, listening to Brian Sealhammer, who runs Mobile Strategy for us here, mm-hmm. um, was talking to our faculty about is that don't make a reference in your text to, and I used to do this all mm-hmm. the time, I'm as guilty of anybody, um, don't make a reference in the text to, you know, click on the submit button on the left, right. or click on the assignments button to the left. And I've done that a lot too. Me too. Because you think you're being helpful. Right. But now we know that students are consuming course materials in a mobile environment yep. where this stuff's not on the left anymore. No. It's maybe in a hamburger menu or it's down at the bottom of the page or something. So uh, that just adds confusion. So if you kind of have that awareness yes. as you're designing it in the beginning, you're keeping it simple in both the design side and in the consumption side. Yeah, and just to emphasize that, because I think that's such an, an important point, I and probably you made those kinds of written instructions because we're trying to be helpful and clear for students, but in a in this new mobile device world, 
all we did was just inject confusion. Yeah, yeah. Now, I will say that, you know, I don't teach as often as I used to. Right. But when I did, it was back in the days before we had a lot of <laughs> online learning back, back in those days. You know, so we didn't really have mobile um, – we didn't have a lot of mobile consumption. When I did mobile learning, I was just had a long extension cord on my computer. <laughs> That's right. I was walking around my house with my desktop on my back. That was mobile learning. <laughs> I had to walk uphill both ways in the snow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, to be fair to us, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> but right. you can't do that anymore. No. Because we actually know that uh, that is, a, in many ways, the, the preferred way to consume content. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. For sure. Um, you had said when we were talking about this ahead of time, and you've touched on adaptive, but that, hey, this keep it simple starting thing is broadly applicable. You know, as much as we talk about, you know, fully online courses, um, there are other implementations um, that it's relevant for as well. You mentioned adaptive already, but right. uh, blended uh, might be another, right? Like I, when I'm doing consulting on blended learning, I often quip that the integration between the face-to-face and the online components of a blended course is arguably the single biggest design challenge. So knowing what your strategy is, you know, how are you going to, what is it you're going to do face-to-face? What is it you're going to do online? Is it, is it sensible? Is it predictable on the part of your students? Um, Have you made that evident? Uh, Does the schedule reflect what's what? Does your syllabus actually call this out as a blended course and explain why? You know, all that plays into it. How do you how do you talk about it uh, to students? That's one very straightforward, simple uh, example of um, that that keep it simple starting principle in blended. I would say. Yeah, and a lot of this is about expectations management with students, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been asked. Uh, you probably more than me. Um, so do I do my discussions in the face-to-face environment yeah, or do I right. do them online? Right, right, and my right. answer is like, well, uh, it's up to you. Yeah, you know, right. what are you trying to accomplish? That's What's your right. personal style? What, do you, you know, right. what are your objectives? Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to have broad participation by everyone in the class or do you kind of want to just have a free-flowing discussion where maybe a couple of students might dominate, but that's okay? Yep. You know, I don't know. What are you yep. trying to accomplish? So there's no right or wrong answer except you need to make it explicit to the students what the expectations for the course are and, and their expectations. Because if you start mixing it up, that's, the, that's the, um, the biggest way to sow confusion and add complexity. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's right. Um, I thought too, the, we've been talking about broad, arguably broad course modalities, online, blended, adaptive. Adaptive maybe not be a, a full-blown uh, modality, but it, it has big implications for course design. But even even littler implementations, right? Just specific things like we've talked before um, on TopCast about um, the idea of what's called in some circles inclusive access or first day access. Mm-hmm. Where you get that discounted um, publisher-provided uh, e-text uh, right. kind of access. Just even starting something like that, you can you can take it on as a huge complex thing, or you can just kind of keep it uh, a bit simpler. So knowing what the essentials or non-negotiables are and, and what the nice to have for a later day kind of thing are, being able to classify when you approach uh, an implementation uh, in that way, I think is probably helpful. Yeah. Yeah. You know, don't want to, don't want to overwhelm, like, mm-hmm. you know, as, as we kind of started this, uh, the whole idea of let's not boil the ocean. Let's, yeah. let's just take it one step at a time, and and you know we'll eventually get there. <laughs> yeah, right. That's good. And um, 
you know, a, a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about is probably really frontline instructor as designer uh, facing, but for the instructional designers in our uh, listening audience, this is all relevant there too, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. It's how you talk to faculty. Mm -hmm. It's how you counsel them and mm -hmm. kind of bring them along to, you know, I always say uh, to help them uh, realize their vision for the course. Yes. But perhaps uh, expand what their vision is with yes. your own instructional design expertise so that your, their course becomes greater than they even imagined it to be. And um, getting there uh, doesn't necessarily mean, um, you know, jumping the whole gorge in one jump. Right. You know. I don't know who said this originally, but that whole thing that we tend to overestimate what we can get done in the short term, but underestimate what we can get done in the long term. Yeah. I think that's relevant as a corollary here. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. So I see the uh, the clock ticking, and I'm mm -hmm. down to my last sort of uh, grounds in my, in my coffee mug. <laughs> you had teased earlier about uh -huh. what uh, KISS, keep it simple starting, uh -huh. does not mean. Yeah. And uh, so I used an example of, you know, just putting a video in your course and calling it online. Yeah. You have you have some suggestions, I yeah, assume. Yeah, I've got a, I've, I've got uh, just a couple. I mean, I don't want to make you think it's going to be you know earth shattering, but just a couple things that came to mind. First, uh, keep it simple. Starting does not mean lack of intentional design, like uh, the example you gave. Well, here's just one video, or what we might call shovelware. Just kind of put the, the you know the content in there, the online filing cabinet thing, whatever the easiest thing is. I'll just put my PowerPoints up and yeah. Here's three PDFs and that's right. Yeah, that's yeah. not real intentional. That's not real design oriented. That's not what we're talking about here. Right. They told me on that podcast to keep it simple starting, so yeah. I did. No, um, and it also doesn't mean. We said keep it simple starting, not keep it simple forever, right? Right. Uh, it's a coral reef. It's <laughs> right. It takes years, grow. and then it grows into this fantastic ecosystem. <laughs> That's right. So it doesn't mean never iterating or never seeking to improve or never seeking to innovate. We, we, want, we want good, uh, good growth. Uh, we should always be trying to uh, improve, and, you know, it's a living, like, like the coral reef, a living organism. That's right. Your, your online <laughs> course is. That's right. Mm -hmm. Cool. All right. Well, um, maybe that's as, as good a place as any to kind of to kind of land our plane. Land our plane. Um, we'll we'll keep our landing simple. Uh huh. Yes. Just gonna jump out the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're here. Um, see you, folks. Uh, that's Bye. as simple as it gets. So, yes. all right. Let me let me uh, see if I can take a shot at our bottom line. Okay. So keep it simple. Starting what we uh, are calling the more positive kiss principle because you know the other one we all know the other one yeah <laughs> not that it's profane it's just not positive that's right it's it is great advice for instructors and instructional designers pursuing digital learning course design mm -hmm. starting with the essentials and iterating over time will make for a more successful experience for all concerned most mm -hmm. of all our wonderful students that's right i think that's right seems mm -hmm. that's 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 been my experience yeah absolutely yeah cool yeah. all right well, thank you, Tom. Thanks for uh, thanks for recommending the coffee and uh, <laughs> thanks for brewing. Hey, I'm happy to. Uh, yeah. Thanks to Courtney Scott and the whole team out there at University of Colorado for the uh, for the coffee. That's awesome. Well, until next time for Topcast, I'm Kelvin. And I'm Tom. See ya.